welcome to Charity Chat. I am your host, Rachel Green. In this International Women's Day series episode, we explore the topic of women and diversity in STEM careers. We hear from Kim Deep, who's a software engineer and tech coach at Tech Returners, who provide programs and resources for skilled tech professionals returning to the industry to refresh their skills. Kim was one of the tutors in the Intro to Python Code First Girls course I completed in 2020. I felt so inspired by Kim's journey from a non-techie to an ambassador for women in tech. I knew that I wanted to speak with Kim to discuss diversity in tech in future, so it's been a pleasure to speak to Kim as part of the podcast. We're also joined by my colleague, Shauna Devlin, Client Relations Executive and Diversity and Inclusion Lead at Fat Beehive, a charity web strategy and branding agency. Shauna also previously worked with Code 4000, an organisation that reduces reoffending by teaching prisoners how to code and preparing them for employment in the tech sector. In this episode, we explore why representation in tech matters, opportunities in tech and inspiring role models this episode of Charity Chat has been brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Work for Good. Work for Good believes everyone should be able to turn the work they do into good. Through their fundraising platform, they offer charities a way to engage and work with small businesses, including founders, owners, and sole traders who want to make an impact for charities through their sales. To find out more, please visit workforgood.co.uk. Here is Kim Deep and Shauna Devlin on STEM, science, technology, engineering, and maths. Hello, and welcome to Charity Chat. This week, we're joined by my colleague, Shauna Devlin, Client Relations Executive and Diversity and Inclusion Lead at Fat Beehive and Kim Deep, software engineer and tech coach at Tech Returners. Welcome to the show. So first, Shauna, you've recently joined the team at Fat Beehive, a charity web agency from Code 4000. Could you tell us a bit more about yourself and your work around diversity in tech and digital skills? Okay, hi to all the listeners out there. My name is Shauna Devlin and I currently work for Fat Beehive. Um, Prior to this role, I was working for Code 4000. Code 4000 is a charity which teaches people in prison how to complete a program. We upskill people with soft skills and technology skills in order to um, allow them to become successful software developers upon release. Um, I have a background in software development and I also hold key invaluable experience working with disadvantaged groups in society, ranging from prisoners and underprivileged children. Thanks, Shauna. Um, and Kim, you're one of the amazing instructors on the Code First Girls Python uh, beginners course, which attended in 2020, which seems like so long ago now. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do at Tech Returners? Hi, everyone. Um, thank you for listening in um, with us today. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm Kim and I'm a software engineering tech coach at Tech Returners. So I focus on Um, creating and delivering programs to support people who've had a career break and they're trying to return back to their career in tech. So these are people who've had careers and they're kind of finding it tricky to get back because of that bias um, within people's sort of 
gaps in their CVs, which is really sad and they've lost confidence. So these programs help people to get back in and refresh their skills. I also support programs to upskill existing engineers in existing roles at companies. Maybe they're graduate and they want to progress into sort of a mid-level role. Maybe they're already sort of a senior or tech lead, but they just want that extra um, enhancement of their skills and to support others. So I'm there to sort of put programs and to coach and mentor them as well. So that's what, what I do. Outside of my work at Tech Returners, I volunteer for the community. So I run something called Tech Skills Workshops, which is fairly casual. I sort of like do workshops with my friends at Code Bar, helping people to code, having a little bit of fun and sharing the the love of both like tech and, and the human side of tech as well. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Thank you both. Um, I think you can agree that you're both very well qualified to talk about the topic of STEM, science, technology, engineering and maths. Um, so to lead on from that, uh, we'll start with you, Kim. Um, why do you think um, STEM and representation in STEM is important? I think whenever we talk about STEM, um, we need to talk about representation of how we create products. And from hearing stories uh, in the press of, say, applications built without certain genders in mind or, or certain people of colour in mind or different ethnic minorities, then it's really sad, isn't it? You hear, you know, these imagery projects um, where some portal has to detect like someone's face from an image and it doesn't detect it or say someone's name is in a foreign language and they can't quite enter it in the form of a website and so it's very important to get people from all aspects of our community involved in technology so that we get those um, voices heard and the representation up front on how we create and build products rather than at the very end sending them to use it as a consumer so I think it's very important and I think it's important also because technology is very embedded in our lives right now. You know, we use apps all day long, we use Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. And if we're not involving the people who these platforms are built for, then we are perpetually creating a bias um, in terms of the way we're building the products. And there's the distribution of power to the ones who are building these products. So we need to upskill people in tech so people aren't left behind. So that's my view on it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Shauna, do you have anything to add to that? Um, yeah, I'm completely echoing what, um, what Kim's saying in regards to how it sort of plays a part in our everyday life. Um, it's important for us to sort of have a a clear sort of reflection of these products and the service users behind the products. Um, and there's a lots of there's lots of different skills which sort of goes hand in hand with STEM, um, science, technology, engineering, and maths. We use it every single day without even realizing. Uh, for example, um, scientists, they are able to um, solve problems and sort of review data and develop it further in order to um, allow us to sort of make these key changes and advancements to our everyday life. Um, in regards to engineers, they have been developing different usage of um, bionic limbs for dis disabled people. Um, without them, I think we'd probably struggle um, 
making these key advancements um, in these particular fields, um, which we would have naturally struggled um, to develop in the past. Um, there's lots of key skills that are sort of interlinked with STEM and the development around it. Um, I think it's key that we all play to our strengths and work together as a team to actually create a greater impact. Um, and it has an impact on pr productivity, profitability, and employee satisfaction. So I think it is key that we do work in a, in a team throughout each sort of pillar of STEM. Yeah, for sure. Um, I agree with you there, Shauna and, and Kim. I feel like, um, you know, being able to apply the knowledge that we have, you know, diversity of thought across different um, different kind of strands of STEM is super important to make sure there's equity to access of the products and also in terms of decision making and power to make sure that's equally distributed um, you know, to everyone in our communities. So for our listeners who may be interested in tech but might not know the range of roles out there, um, what opportunities are there in the tech industry and are there transferable skills that we might already have um, from our jobs and everyday lives? Um, that are beneficial for a career in tech. Um, I'll go to you, um, Kim, especially with your work with tech returners. Well, that's that's an interesting question that I get asked a lot. And a lot of people misconceive technology careers as, I need to be good at maths. I need to be good at the, you know, hard skills. And they, they tend to get quite scared and they lose confidence that they can, you know, get into tech. Like I myself, I'm a career switcher, so I didn't start off doing computer science or maths to, to get into this route. And through that journey, what I found was a lot of the skills needed in technology is beyond coding. When people think of technology, they think of just software engineers, but there's so many different people working in the software team, like project developers, um, project managers, um, product owners, you've got the UX designers, UI designers, you've got testers, you've got business analysts, you've got so many different people with different skills that make up a software team. So the skills that are needed, I would say are more the ability to mentor others. So when you develop um, inside a, a technology career, you find a lot of people need that mentor and a lot of the best mentors come from a previous background like teaching so people um, someone I work with at, at work was a former teacher actually and then he's having a big impact through his teaching experience to supporting others and understanding their needs and how they best learn new concepts um, we found also people with business skills are very important because they're able to bring the, what the customers need and their requirements they're able to explain it in a clear way to get made so yeah like whatever experience you have you're able to bring that into technology don't think you have to need you know be good at maths or calculus to do it um, yeah um cool that, that's all the thoughts I had yeah, thanks, Kim. Um, I definitely um, kind of learned some of what you're talking about there. Um, 
on the Code First Girls um, Python, beginners uh, Python course, because although, um, you know, I'm not now a kind of developer, I think it definitely made me realize um, that I would, I am interested in a career in tech um, now working with Fat Beehive. And previously I worked within the charity sector um, and had the opportunity um, to work on, you know, digital marketing, social media, and kind of get a feel for what there was out there with websites and things like that as well. Shauna, is there anything you'd like to add um, in terms of the skills and the opportunities available, um, such as, you know, the Code 4000 program? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what I, what I wanted to add was um, the fact that STEM and tech is so widespread as a career option. Um, I love the fact that anyone anywhere can sort of be successful within that industry. Uh, I find it so fascinating to know that you can actually enter tech at any angle and still make something of yourself. All you really need is the necessary tools and motivation to, to develop yourself in a new field, basically. It all depends on your end goal as well. So it depends where you sort of want to sort of where you want to take your career, uh, whether you want to become a software engineer, a software developer. Um, it is all down to you. Um, I think it's quite cool as well that you can actually start coding at any age and be from any walk of life and you still sort of have that equal opportunity to um, that sort of new developed career set. Um, it's easily accessible as well, which is quite good to know. Um, you can easily start learning online. Um, there's lots of free uh, programs out there, lots of free websites where you can actually learn and develop your skills from home as what um, Kim did in her past. Um, I think it's quite cool as well that you can just learn learn your own sort of, learn from home, learn your own skill. Um, I do advise new starters to potentially build their own websites and build their own online CVs to sort of display the, pro the proactiveness um, towards employers. So during my time at Code 4000, um, lots of learners to the Code 4000 course had to learn offline um, as there's no Wi-Fi in the prison sort of environment, um, learners to the course had to develop sort of skill sets around that. So they actually had a greater and sort of enhanced problem solving ability by referring to textbooks um, instead of the internet. So that is quite a key skill because they can then transfer that into um, their working sort of career with a tech employer, for example. So they would probably problem solve by book learning or some other means instead of actually referring to Google or Stack Overflow for general sort of answers. Yeah, that's a really interesting point, actually. Um, I hadn't thought about, you know, with accessibility to the internet. Um, I remember when I was <laughs> trying to learn to code, um, you know, it's a lot of um, connecting with people online, um, Google searches and whatnot. Um, so it's interesting to see how, um, the uh, kind of candidates at Code 4000 um, kind of work through their problem solving. I think that is a really great soft skill that people can bring um, to career in tech. Just following on from that, do you think that educators or employers could and can adopt um, a more inclusive framework um, for STEM roles um, and also STEM in general? 
Um, go to you first, Shauna. Yeah, sure. Um, I think it's quite evident that STEM professionals have been trying to reach out and increase the workforce to sort of address the issue that we're going through at the minute in regards to the diversity in the STEM space. Um, but in order to actually resolve these problems, we do need our teams to re represent everyone within that sphere. This includes some of the most marginalised groups in society from um, from prison leavers to people from underprivileged backgrounds, um, we need to actually fill that gap and display an accurate representation of the community that we actually live in. Um, there's something really special about having a network of diverse people at the table, really making the difference and being that voice that um, the community wants to hear. There's a huge perception that STEM is tough to learn and the only special people can make it, but that's not true. Um, this is a key example of this is um, obviously when I used to work at, um, at Code 4000, um, obviously I'm working with some very complex individuals and the confidence isn't there in regards to learning computer programming and you sort of had to be that role model and instill confidence into the individuals. Um, obviously anyone can learn computer programming, you just need to sort of apply yourself appropriately and sort of be that role model and that mentor towards people who have doubts about themselves. Um, so last year, um, I was working with Matt Watson, the CEO of Fat Beehive, and he understood my role at Code, at Code 4000 and he completely understood the vision. We sat down and we cherry picked some of the students from the Code 4000 program who could potentially join the Fat Beehive team um, somewhat down the line. So we, um, Mark managed to take on two Code 4000 graduates um, from the Code 4000 program. And in fact, one of the graduates that he took on board is now a top biller for Fat Beehive, which is incredible. And the top results, which has been sort of achieved through the Code 4000 program and the work that Mark has done also, has allowed this one individual to showcase his top prob uh, problem solving abilities and yeah, it's just great to see really uh, people from a, such a diverse background making a massive stamp in the in the tech community. There is a real issue with um, student identity. We need to think about how we empower our students um, to actually pursue traditionally hard subjects. Um, I, do, I do believe that teachers need to be more than content experts, need to be agents of change. They need to be that voice that sort of role model for um, learners to sort of take after. Yeah, I completely agree there. And um, I have to say, without being too cringy, Kim, you're definitely a great mentor for me. Um, <laughs> I know you're kind of cringing maybe, but um, yeah, it kind of, you showed me that, you know, with kind of perseverance that, you know, learning to code, is a possibility um, and the importance of community. And yeah, it made me realize it wasn't such a scary thing. Um, but do you have anything to add in terms of what can employers do um, to adopt a more kind of inclusive framework in STEM? I think Shauna's absolutely right when she mentioned, you know, agents of change role models and not just being content people but being more of the sort of in touch with the human side and a lot of employers is especially 
employing people into engineering roles or whether that be analyst roles or any type of type of role into a tech team they need to be conscious to make the interview process as inclusive as possible a lot of people get put off by an interview process because they don't have a proper internet connection it's something simple as that they do a live coding tech task that is highly pressured and it's not simulating what they're supposed to be doing in the role or it's not highlighting the skills in that they have in the best light as putting them under pressure so it's these scenarios where we can improve as an industry employers can improve a lot on the way they interview people to ask them whether they've got examples from outside of work or outside of coding that they can um, utilize for a role in tech so Shauna mentioned things like resilience being able to work you know with a co 4000 people from from a textbook they have to study from a book rather than just google stack overflow and these are key skills that are very attractive to, to an employer so thinking more outside the box i think employers can make a more inclusive interview environment but also during um the the actual workplace they can make a more inclusive environment from um, encouraging things like pair programming or buddying so that someone else can can learn from others because it is daunting to sit there especially when i first started as, as an engineer to sit there and not know what's going on and not being able to ask the right questions just having someone there as a role model to say hey it's okay like you don't need to know everything there is on this subject about c sharp just go straight <laughs> in and learn with me you know just adapt ask questions and the best people i found when um, especially at tech returners that i've worked with who've progressed onto roles are the ones that have been through a lot in life mm. they've, they've they've been through a lot of emotion a lot of resilience and they're able to carry that strength through into their roles and they're flying because of that yeah and um, kind of speaking of role models and mentors, is there um, anyone in particular, Kim, um, who inspired you on your career journey into tech? Uh, yeah, there, there is. Um, his name is Pete Thalby. Um, hello, Pete. <laughs> if you're listening. So when I was working as a business analyst, um, he was a technical architect at the time. And I was just there like doing sustainability stuff. And one day he just said, Kim, do you want to do some testing for us? Do you want to come and test the, the software with us? And he got me to do certain things that I thought were beyond my role at the time. And I was like, whoa, what, what is this stuff? And he really encouraged me. And then every phone call, he would explain, I would ask questions and be curious. This was before I went into software engineering. I was asked questions like, how did the platform work? Oh, what's the cloud? Why, why are you doing such and such? And I think he was a big inspiration to show me that I can learn by asking questions. So that, that was really cool to, to be able to have the opportunity. And he was the one that helped me to go into the tech um, space in, in the first place. And Shauna, is there anyone in particular for you who's a role model? Um, there's two key people, but I can probably talk about my sister in a little bit more depth. <laughs> so my uncle, my uncle Desmond, um, he's obviously is is a black man from Bolton. Um, we've not had life easy growing up, you know. 
And he is actually a principal developer at a, a quite a high intelligence organization in the UK. And he was like the first person I've ever seen, like, like a black person who was actually quite high up in, I don't know, such a cool job in like such a, a well-represented and well-renowned sort of organization. I was quite astounded by that, to be honest. And from that, I thought, right, okay, I, I want to try hard. I want to be where he is currently. Um, but I got into tech originally from my, because of my sister. So my older sister, she she runs multiple coding schools in Manchester at the minute. But as we were growing up, she sort of, she had a business mind. And, and that allowed her to sort of build her own websites from a user perspective and then the understanding of how the back end works as well. Um, I was sort of presented with an opportunity to learn how to compute program at Coordination. And I actually received a scholarship um, to actually study on that course. And it was a 12 week course. Um, and I was the only female of color on that course. And I thought, wow, look around the room thinking like, wow, I feel special. Like I'm doing this for everybody else. I want someone to see that I'm gonna be a future role model for all of them ladies and all of the people of color in the future. Like it is possible. It is possible. Um, there is a small little barrier towards technology, which is the money behind actually funding yourself for the courses. If I didn't have the scholarship sort of opportunity, I think I would have struggled to sort of get my foot in the door. But there's always there's always ways to actually get there. Like for example, with Kim and the self-taught material online, there is ways to actually do that. But that is one little barrier that I thought I'd have to that that I thought I should mention. I think I have to agree with Shauna there actually because I. You know, I did self-taught stuff and then I joined the boot camp and I was actually sponsored through a fellowship program. And at the time when I was thinking about changing into tech, I think that was a big decider for me was the funding side of things. So I received a scholarship myself. Now, if I hadn't had received that scholarship, I think I wouldn't have gone to that boot camp, to be honest. I would have picked a boot camp that was free or that had sponsored places. So that was really important to me. And I didn't grow up in a wealthy part of Manchester, you know. I grew up in quite humble beginnings, went to, you know, state school, just pretty casual, you know, North Manchester, like nothing too fancy, actually. I actually thought I wouldn't really go to uni and do uni and all that, all that stuff. So I think having accessible programs is, is extremely important to inc including everyone um, in that journey into tech as well. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's, um, you know, why Code First Girls, for example, really appealed to me um, because, again, that opportunity to access free learning um, I think is really important to make sure that you know everyone truly has access so are there any mentoring or women in tech um, communities that you know of there's this one um, sort of initiative called reframe women in tech they do yearly conferences and it's always around international international women's day um, I'll be going there on Friday. It's just a very, very good sort of networking event. There's lots of different speakers on during the day. Um, I just find it so useful. You, you walk away feeling so inspired that there's that many women in tech. Um, it's fantastic, honestly. And as a networking opportunity, you don't know where it could like potentially lead you to. Um, I think that's a brilliant sort of initiative. And I'm part of a couple of Facebook groups as well. So there's Black Women in Tech and 
Manchester Tech events plus Manchester Tech startups. Um, just being part of that sort of community is fabulous. Like you can you can check out jobs, you can check out seminars, all sorts of different events that you can sort of immerse yourself into. Um, and I think that's a really key sort of soft skill as well without even realizing it, just talking to people, networking and developing an understanding of a common ground with someone. There's always someone out there who can actually help you and guide you and sort of lead you down the right path. Yeah, so from my side, because I've been up and down the country in Manchester, I think the highlights would be the Reframe Women in Tech. I'll see you there, Shauna, because I'll be Love doing a talk there, actually, <laughs> for one of the streams. I'm mentoring, in fact, so I'll see you there. Um, there's also, in terms of the DevOps side of things, there's DevOps Manchester. Um, in terms of the sort of international wide there's women who code there's um, coding black females there's code bar code bar is my favorite i think because it it's for anyone and everyone and i like that the students come back to be coaches as well so that's really good to see so loads um, of communities just reach out to them could you just explain a little bit more what code bar is for our listeners of course so code bar is a charity um, that provides free workshops for any underrepresented groups in technology to sort of um, learn and to come with their own projects and ask for help or ask any questions. They run workshops on technical writing to coding to C Sharp to Python to Ruby, you name it, website building, React. So it's just a very fun, lighthearted community and, and you, you can just come from any level, like, I still go there you know, to, to get help them still. So I'm sure, you know, the door is very open and they have chapters around the world. So there's like Cobar, London is Cobar. I think there was a Cobar Manchester, but I have to have to double check if it's still running. But if it's not running, then I think someone should restart that chapter. Um, but yeah, super, super fun community. Do you have any advice um, for anyone looking to take up a career in STEM? I know we spoke briefly around training um, and different opportunities, but do you have anything further to add, Shauna? Um, I just want to say that you should definitely take the leap. Challenge yourself, even though it might seem like quite a daunting industry to get yourself into being a woman and being a person of colour, if you are. Um, I'd just say kickstart by uh, learn how to program, create a couple personal projects. It can range from building websites for friends, relatives, charities, even your own online CV. And yeah, I, I echo what I said earlier. Um, employers love a proactive approach. If you can demonstrate this along having like a tenacity towards learning, you're definitely onto a winner there. I think you should just think about also um, what makes you different from everybody else. Definitely play to your strengths and sort of showcase yourself in that area. If you are looking to pursue a career in STEM, make sure that you do go to lots of local events from digital festivals, hackathons, seminars and networking events. The people that you meet at, at the um, events provide such a great real life sort of insight to the sector, something that you might not naturally extract from Google. Again, these are all transferable skills. Just go for it, I think. I think Shauna just did my job really well. <laughs> she mentioned every single thing that would be mentioned. I completely yeah. agree with her. I'd like to also add 
um, in addition to that is focus on your own path. You know, it's very easy to go on something like tech, Twitter and LinkedIn and just feel constantly behind or feel that you have to match someone else's path into tech. So don't use it as like a, a sort of top tip for yourself or a guiding frame, but don't obsess over it. You know, I've seen people where they're like, oh, this person has landed that boot camp or that boot camp. Do I need to do that as well? Like each person is different and take it at your own pace. So build like a structured um, like study time for yourself. Well, some people will say, oh, sit and code forever. But I would say, no, you don't have to do that. Even if you start off like 25 minutes a day, um, try to get a taste of, of it, then go to a meetup group like Code Bar, where you're in sort of a supportive environment and learn from others. Read technical blogs online to get a feel for what it's like. And don't just look at the code, look at the overall product of how it's made as well. So how do software teams work together? What is agile? What is testing? Being able to combine all of these things is helpful, but definitely take it step by step. And most importantly, if you see a job description, don't feel you have to meet every single technology to apply for that position. I would say just go for it anyway, because chances are they only need about five to 10% of what they list as a technology on the list. A lot of people feel scared because they apply and then they're like, hey, I don't have SQL, I don't have this knowledge, I don't have that knowledge, so I'm not qualified. You go ahead and then the sort of interviewer and the company will assess you based on what you've done and your portfolio and what you've been doing in, in the community to, to learn. Mm, that's a great point, Kim. I think, unfortunately, women in un underrepresented groups, um, we often feel like we have to, you know, kind of meet 100% of a job person's specification on a job description. But I definitely feel like, yeah, we should go ahead and go for it and show the kind of tenacity and all the learning you've done, all the soft skills you can transfer that we've spoken about, um, I think are super important too. And finally, um, what would you like our listeners to take away from this conversation today, Kim? Ah, I knew you were going to come to me first. <laughs> hey, Sean, like, yeah. Uh, I would say think about why you are looking to get into STEM. What is it that makes you tick? Because a lot of people, it, it's a, we, we need to be honest about this. People move into STEM because they want a be better life for themselves and they want to get paid decently for what they do, right? So there's no problem in having that as your goal. It's absolutely fine. So take, take a message, take some time and then have a think about what your mission is. What are your reasons for um, seeking a career in stem and reach out to the community don't do it solo i think if you try and do it solo it can be quite tough reach out you'll be surprised people will, will help you so that's my main advice awesome thanks and shauna um i just want to add that um stem skills are useful and important to almost every single career that you come across um i was reading a couple of figures the other day that um 75% of today's fastest growing careers re require STEM skills. And about 82% of today's employees say that they value STEM skills, even though they're not required for the role necessarily. It can definitely un unlock so much potential for you as, as a new starter to, to, to technology and the STEM field in general. 
you can earn a higher salary or become even more employable. And I just think to myself, like, who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to be more employable? Yeah, for sure. That's a great note to end on, I think. And thank you so much both for joining us. I know I've definitely taken a lot away. Um, I'll definitely be looking up the code bar and all the other suggestions um, you've brought today. So thank you so much. Again to Kim and Shauna for sharing their knowledge with us. Kim highlighted the importance of diversity in tech. There are so many advantages um, for including everyone in the development of digital products. Not only because we're all users of those very products, but also it brings about diversity of thought and different ways of problem solving. Shauna and Kim have shared how the skills required in tech go beyond developers to include diverse roles such as business analysts and designers. Shauna was really inspiring, highlighting that learning to code is really accessible with so many free courses online. And really the only barrier is your goal and willingness to learn. Kim also highlighted how the ability to teach and mentor others is a really important skill too. Many people in tech could be career switchers, for example. It was inspiring to hear about Kim and Shauna's role models and journeys into the tech industry. I hope you found some inspiration from this podcast, or perhaps you might take a moment to reflect on the people who have inspired you and maybe even pay it forward to others in the third sector, whether that's through mentoring, share advice on social media, or even being a future guest speaker on this podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen. We hope you enjoyed this episode and continue to enjoy the podcast. We'd love to hear either way. It's just left for me to thank our corporate sponsors. This episode of Charity Chat has been brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Work for Good. Work for Good believes everyone should be able to turn the work they do into good. Through their fundraising platform, They offer charities a way to engage and work with small businesses, including founders, owners and sole traders who want to make an impact for charities through their sales. To find out more, please visit workforgood.co.uk. Giant Squid Audio Lab for sponsoring our podcast kit. Magda Axmit for our beautiful website. Check it out at charitychat.org.uk. Forest of Fools for playing throughout the show and for playing us out now. Thank you.